0: What they are willing to do to those get uncomfortable and share themselves and this kind of like they're willing to show up yeah, even when they're not ready. And I think that's one of the things that holds back a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, especially personal brand spaces, being willing to show up and, and speak your truth and let the world know who you are without it having to be perfect. Because to me, there's no such thing as perfect.
1: Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, Be It listener, what's up? I have an awesome guest for you, Jason Frizzell. Ah, so fun. Um, we probably should have recorded everything before I hit record and then after. Um, it might, out of context, mean nothing. <laughs> to most listeners, but it was super fun. And I'm really excited to have, uh, his words in your ears because he is someone who was in a regular real job, real, like all jobs are real. That's lame, but really like, you know, the ones with the 401k and the health insurance and the paid vacations and all the things. And he was slain, you know, he was doing so great and he changed that and he's now working for himself and it's can be scary. And, you know, Uh, like many of us who had uh, maybe started something new. Um, And then the pandemic happened, you know, Brad and I, um, Brad came working for me full time three months before, (laughs) for me, with me uh, three months before the pandemic happened. And, you know, it can be really scary when you have made a leap and then something happens that makes you question whether or not that leap was a good idea or not. And so what I love is, he made that leap, he's dove straight in, he's really rocking it, and he's an expert in a lot of things and he's got a really cool podcast, and I was on it, so y'all gotta go listen. We'll have that link in the show notes below. but um what I hope you hear from uh this podcast is that you know having people around you that support you, inspire you is important, especially when you're wondering if you should do the thing, and also that like whatever it is that you're doing, working for someone working for yourself um there's there's a lot of pressures and a lot of scary stuff um but you know, if it's the thing that you have on your heart to do, you got to do it. You got to find a way to do it. So, um, here is Jason Frizzell. All right. You know, you're supposed to strengthen yourself. You're supposed to work those muscles. You're also supposed to stretch. <laughs> you're also supposed to do all these things while doing life. And let me just tell you, I understand I've been there before and I got really frustrated. Um, I got really frustrated with like my workouts, not actually making changes in my body. I didn't feel stronger. I didn't feel more confident. I didn't feel like I was getting good posture and I was standing all day. And so I went on a mission for my own self and I discovered it. I figured it out. But where I'm at now, 20 years down the road is I'm seeing so many people have the same issue I had and not have the time to actually go do the research, go do the journey. And then also so many workouts that say they're going to do all these things are an hour long. And let's just be real. No one has time for extra hour long workouts when you have the other things you're already doing. So here's what I've created for you. A full body workout in 15 minutes. You're going to stretch, you're going to strengthen, you're going to work the center of your body. That's going to help you work your coordination, your posture, confidence, injury prevention. Hello, those with lower back pain, we're going to get rid of that too. So I see you and I really want you to be in this program. It is a free program right now. Um, if we will kick off on February 20th, so you need to sign up before then. You're going to go to online fullbodyin full body in 15. That's N-I-N-1-5. So go to onlineplaceclasses.com slash full body 15, snag your spot. You're going to join us for a week. I'm going to actually teach you not just a 15 minute workout, but how to actually do the workout on your own when it's over. So when we're done, you can add this workout before, or after something you're already doing. You can do it on the days where all you have is 15 minutes. And I promise you, you're going to feel like woo, stronger, taller, less aches and pains and everything else you're doing. And of course, help you do life better. All right, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to be it till you see it. I am so excited. I have a conversation for you. I have this amazing guest. His name is Jason Frazell. I hope I didn't screw that up. Cause I definitely you got it, didn't Leslie. ask. That's <laughs> um, like, so funny is um, we, we randomly connected inside of a group that we're both in. And then because the world is so small and I was like, who knows who's ever interviewed a Pilates person. You're like, Oh, do you happen to know this guy, Benjamin? I'm like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin and I go way back, like years back. So it's just so funny yeah. that we have mutual friends in common we and we didn't even know each other until the interwebs brought us together. Um, so Jason, can you tell everyone, um, who's listening, who you are and what you're excited about right now?
0: Yeah, Leslie, I am uh, so like I said, I'm Jason Frizzell. Congratulations on getting my last name correct in the first try. Yeah, So that puts you in the top, like third of all people. There you go.
1: Well, We like um, to be I, unique. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. So I always like to start with, um, uh so I'm a, I'm a dad, I've got two kids, married. Um from Minnesota, live in New York now. Moved out 15 years ago, so I'm a, I call myself a east coaster with a midwestern attitude sometimes. <laughs> that's like where I'm at like 15
1: sometimes. years. I mean, yeah, that's it's a sometimes yeah. at that point.
0: <laughs> I can I could also cut people uh New York style. Yeah. Uh, so what I do for work, which is what I think you're asking is uh I'm a growth and leadership coach and I specifically focus on people and teams in tech. So I work with founders, co-founders, individual contributors, directors all the way up, um, both in startups and in big tech. So I have customers that work at places like Facebook and Google. And I also coach with a lot of startups. In addition to that, I'm a fellow podcaster.
1: And we won't spoil
0: the surprise. We will spoil the surprise. Leslie's going to be a guest on my show soon, very soon. Um, I have a show called Talking to Cool People. It's a fun podcast similar to this where we'll talk about some cool stuff, And then um I'm also a personal brand strategist at a company called Brand Builders Group, which I know you're familiar with.
1: Yeah. I love a little bit about me. I love brand builders. They've been so good to me. And also um, we've had many brand builders on the show. So it's really nice. Yeah, it's really great. Um, Jason, I want to talk about being a leadership coach though, because I think it's really interesting. Cause I actually I think so few people realize how much of a leader they are on this in this planet, right? Like Yeah. Like every single one of us has its opportunity to lead people. And we sometimes, Everyone. we think it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I, maybe you only teach five people or maybe you only, um, maybe, maybe you don't actually run a company, but we actually all have an opportunity to be a leader to somebody. So how do you, how do, first, how do you become a leadership coach? And then second, what are you seeing happening as far as what's getting in the way of people seeing that in themselves?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to answer your, the first part of your question with two answers. Um, how do you become a leadership coach? You don't have to do anything. You can call yourself a leadership coach. <laughs> so, it's not like being, so it's not like being a Pilates. I mean, I guess you could call yourself a Pilates instructor.
1: Yeah, we're supposed to go through but training.
0: <laughs> I, right. But, so you could call yourself that, but then people would go, wait a second, how are you trained? So anybody can call someone a leadership coach, life coach, and executive coach. So that's what makes the coaching industry a little bit different is there's no regulation. Right. So you see, my guess is there's probably Pilates coaches who don't have training, would be my guess. Or yeah. if they have, they don't have the level of training that you do. That's, um, so to answer the first part of your question, how I became a leadership coach is I actually, almost four years ago, was in the middle of my, my uh, corporate career and I just like something wasn't working for me and I wasn't really sure what it was. Ended up hiring somebody, worked with her for eight months, through that work, decided that I was going to go through the same coach training program that she went through, ended up doing a year-long coach training program, put in hundreds of hours, from there have coached over a thousand hours of people and I'm now a leader at that coach training program. So that so how I call myself a leadership coach is how you call yourself a Pilates coach is through training and time in the field and the good, bad and the ugly that all of that comes with.
1: That is insane. That is yeah. That's a lot. So but I but I also love that because I think sometimes what it sounds like is you set out to work in corporate and had this job and then you're like, I have a problem. I'm gonna hire someone and then you're like, wow, this is really cool. I want to help other people. Yeah. I, I actually think that's how most people end up where they're going to be. And totally. And they put this pressure on themselves that they're supposed to know what they want to be when they grow up, but they might not have had the experience to know what that is yet.
0: No, I'm, I'm so with you. So if you talk a lot of um, coaches that I know that do more personal coaching, most of them hired a coach and they're like, Oh, this work is really fulfilling. Oh, this is something I want to do. Um, so I agree with you on all that. And yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think that's like for, for those, and I came from corporate, I worked almost 20 years in corporate. Oh. For me, it was like, hey, something's missing. I've got this problem. I'm not sure what the problem is, which is an interesting way to buy something when you're like, I don't know what the problem is, but I'm right. going to spend money on it anyway. And then quickly discovered what it was is I just didn't like what I was. I was bored. I mean, that's what it came down to. I was bored and I had the entrepreneurial fire and I didn't, but I I was too comfortable. So I didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is yada, there's, yada,
0: yada, as they say on Seinfeld, here we are on a podcast.
1: <laughs> but it's all I've had. I have friends who um, who lost their jobs and they I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. They're like, honestly, the best thing that ever happened because yeah. it was like it was too comfortable, but also couldn't leave it because like you know, it's hard, it's hard to leave the paycheck and the guaranteed and all the benefits and all the things. So you're, you've been thousands of hours later. So my other question is like, what keeps people from thinking that they're a leader?
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, so for some people, and I think this really relates to, I don't want to stereotype, but you see this, this is obviously going to make sense for people that are a little bit newer into their career, newer into into their personal journey. Is the idea that you have to have somebody reporting to you. You have to have some sort of actual authority over somebody. Um, I I don't agree with that. I think to your point, we always have the we always have the opportunity to be leaders. So for example, you and I are gonna have people listen to us on this podcast and they're gonna go, they may like me, they may hate me, but they're probably gonna listen to what I have to say. Same for you. They probably probably love you, which is why they're tuning in. Um, <laughs>
1: the laugh but- is as helpful, actually. <laughs> I think some <laughs> of them listen for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They, they like the laugh. They like Leslie's laugh and amongst other things. But, um, so I think the disconnect for people is understanding that we actually know a lot more than we think we do, especially when we're starting out, especially in fields where it's not purely about expertise, like things like sales, things like marketing, where a lot of that is very artful and you bring it and you bring a different perspective. Like, obviously there are certain fields that are quite into the note, like, in, you know, like engineering, manufacturing, where you really need to know the specifics. I think like yeah. fitness, you really need to know a lot of the science behind that to do a good job with it. Yeah. But understanding that what you bring is a unique flavor and that as you build that, people look to you as a leader, whether or not you're managing them. I think that's, yeah. that's one of the first disconnects. The second disconnect that I see is people that have a job they don't like and they don't acknowledge that all the other roles they play in their life has them be a leader, whether they're a parent their date, you know, they're a spouse or they're in a romantic relationship, they have friends, they're involved in their church, they're involved in charities. All those places we get to show up as leaders. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm not a leader because I don't manage anybody at work. Right. And I would say, do you you know, do you, um, do you help your kids with their homework? That's leadership. I mean, it's parenting, but it's also leadership. And how do you show up there? So I'm with you. Everybody is a leader in their own way. And we all yeah. play that in many, many different roles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You recently got into your coaching business. So you were in corporate for twenty years. How recently? I mean yeah. like thousands of hours like of coaching. Years. Three years. Okay.
0: Yeah, three years. That's yeah. yeah. So it
1: feels like a long time. <laughs> well, especially with the COVID year. I feel like especially with the COVID year. Yeah. Especially exactly. with the COVID year. Um, I'm always shocked when I realize I we moved to Vegas, uh Las Vegas from Los Angeles during the pandemic. And it surprises me how long I've lived here because it doesn't yeah. it feels long. It also doesn't feel that long. So it it's yeah. like a it's a weird time warp. But Anyways, you've been doing this for a little over three years, thousands of hours, similar to when we started this podcast, there was no episodes, no listeners. When you start a coaching business, it's not like, it's not like you open the doors and people are like lined up already. So how do you, how did you start that? Like, how did you go? How did like, cause there's a, there is a it till you see it in there. Like you're telling your people, I'm a coach and yet you have no clients, (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm I'm laughing about this for two reasons. One, because there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who will sell you that will try and sell you on, oh, we'll fill up your practice with these people. Um, no.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> they do that on like, you know what? I think yeah. that there's like on, because I get the DMS on Instagram daily. Daily. same
0: thing probably, right?
1: like here yeah. for seven dollars you can get seven thousand followers, and also like what what's your affiliate because I can bring you tons of customers? It's like mm, and you're like,
0: yeah, I don't think
1: you can <laughs> so this happens yeah. on LinkedIn, okay,
0: yeah, so um the way that I started my business is well, first of all, I just I just started it, right so I just said, okay, and I was in my coach training program, so I had a grand total of maybe 30 hours of training and decided that I was going to go out and find some clients. Yeah. So I went out and did that. And I did that through word of mouth and my network and said, Hey, this is what I'm up to. Anybody interested in doing some pro bono stuff? Yeah. Cause when you start out, it's, it's nice to, you know, it's nice to get out, get some um, referrals, some testimonials and let people know that, Hey, like, you know, I, I'm new to this and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to pretend to somebody I wasn't. Right. I'm new to this and I'd love to provide this service to you. And through that work, just, generated some, uh, generated some paying clients, which then generates more paying clients and on and on and on, on and on we go. Um, so for me, it was just a matter, it was kind of like a be it tell you, you know, like, Hey, like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how we train new coaches in the coach training program. I'm I'm a leader at just go out and talk to people and start doing it. there's all these, and this kind of goes back to the LinkedIn or the Instagram thing, generate followers or LinkedIn or all these tricks of getting people just like, just go talk to people. Share authentically on your Facebook page or on your LinkedIn or in your IG, like, this is what I'm up to. Do you know anybody?
1: And yeah. eventually
0: somebody will, you'll start to attract the people that you're meant to work with and the rest is history.
1: Yeah. I, um, I mean, it, it, there's very few businesses that cannot be built on referrals. And yes, I think like social media makes us all think that it's a numbers. If it's about how many followers we have, but I know people who have a thousand followers who make hundreds of thousands of dollars and I know people who have hundreds of thousands of followers who make no money. So it's not the followers. It's like, how, like, it is that word of mouth. Did you help someone? Did you change their life in some way? And then asking them, who else do you know (laughs) who could use what I just gave you? And it's really, it's really crazy. So, I think it's really cool. I I love that you started out with like, hey, I'm working on this thing. Can I work with you? And like, can you tell me? who? I think that it's, you know, that is also scary because so many people are afraid of rejection.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I and I came from I spent almost 20 years in sales and corporate sales and technology. I worked at some big companies, worked at some startups. So I was used to getting no's. Right. But it's different getting a no when you're like, I don't want your piece of software. And like, no, I don't want to work with you at an at an individual level. That's a very different no, and it took me a while to get used to it. And I still don't like. I still don't. I, I don't ever like being told no. But that that's a whole different uh, conversation. But it's it's. I still don't like it. But it's hard because you're. It's just you. Like I was. Right. It was just. It's literally. It was just me and my business and the service that I provided with nothing else behind it. And people are like, I don't think so. I'm like, oh well, what's wrong with me? Like that's an. What's wrong with right. me? What do I need to do differently? And. um so what know this is,
1: what yeah. do you do differently? Like cuz it's true like um my my husband he does talks on like 200 nos. Like that's how you build your business. Like go for uh, the nos because the more yeah. nos you get, like the better you get at talking about what you do and all the stuff and and uh he, you know, he's born a salesperson. So it's really amazing. I, like nos, already. I know nos do not like bother him that much. He's just like all I mean like it's kind of amazing. Um so it's been helpful for me. <laughs> someone who, when people say no, it's like, oh, it's, it feels like it's a no to you when it's, sure. it's not. So um, how did you get over that? Or how do you teach people to like, not take those no's when it's their personal business? It's yeah. your personal coaching. Like, what do you tell yourself?
0: Yeah. So this is a, an interesting question. I'm thinking about this, how I do it for myself. And then also when I'm coaching other entrepreneurs who get a lot of no's is um, getting curious about what you make it mean about you. So like, what is that and like that for you when you're for getting those notes? Like, what do you make it mean about you? Um, do you make it mean that there's something that you're not talented enough? Does it mean that there's something about who you were? Um, and then also the idea, uh, like what your husband, it, it's just a numbers game. And when you get out of the scarcity mindset and into the abundance mindset, which these are overused jargony stuff, but it's true. Like there's more people that I'm the perfect coach for than can ever hire me. It's like, right. there's more people that could fight they just don't know who I am and that's it. Yeah. So that's what we tell. And, um, there's a, there's a coach out there. She has something that I like to quote her name's Stacey Bayman. She's a coach for, she's this coach for, um, selling life coaching and her, mm-hmm. her, her, her target demographic is females. She has this one thing that she says, it really stuck with me. She said, what would you do if you knew your ideal clients were looking for you? Like, what would you do today? What would you do tomorrow? Like, what's the thing that you would do? Cause like what we all do is we're like oh there's nobody out there nobody's interested but like if I knew that you wanted to hire me and you just didn't know me what would I actually do and would I post on social media would I pay for ads would I do search engine would yeah. I go to a networking event and like that's the thing that I'll just say like hey what would you do because the truth is there are people out there for everybody I and I really do believe that
1: that's so good I love that so much.
0: I wish I wish I could take it. It's Stacy. I know. I'll,
1: well, Stacy, thanks so much. We're all gonna <laughs> live by that because like even inside like. I. It's almost like I wish I had heard that. Even though I believe that they're like you're, I'm the right price person for the right people, and that it's okay if you don't like what I'm offering because there are more people. Just even hearing that would change how I. It would like change even the thoughts I have posting on when there's a sale or when there's a launch because, yeah. it's it's like what if people were looking? They are actually googling and you need to come up and like, how would you do that? And you'd be less scared. Oh, it's like, that's way better than leap. And the that will appear. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. That's so good. But, yeah. um, yeah, I do think like fear rejection is real and it keeps people from doing sure. so. Okay. You mentioned earlier, and maybe this is too personal. Just, you know, let me know, but like you've two Nothing's kids, too personal. I'm, you, I'm here. Yeah. You've two kids, you're married, you know, like, and you wanted to switch careers. How hard like what did you how what would, what did you go with, how could you do how did you do that and also like was that scary because I do think you know when for people might not know in 2019 Brad sold his companies and came full fully on board with my businesses which is so exciting and then 3 months later we had covid happen and I was like oh well okay this ship is only sailing with <laughs> with this is all we got so here we go yeah. but like what was it like for you with kids and a spouse like was it easy to make yeah. that transition or was it hard
0: Uh, Well, I'm very fortunate that my wife is amazing, and so it could have been a lot harder if it wasn't for the fact that I told her what I saw and what I believed was possible, and she was on board with me. My wife is more of a vision and goals and person than I am. I'm more the pragmatic, practical. This is a good. This is where the Midwestern comes in. Like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. What's practical about all this? And she's more like, Hey, well, what? What do you think would make you happy? What do you believe? What does your intuition tell you? Mm. and, you know, I had been fortunate. I had a good career before that. So it wasn't like I was living paycheck to paycheck at that point. So it was, you know, it was, um, it was a conscious family decision. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I'm fortunate to have an amazing partner that supported me in that because I was, you know, if the tables were turned, I don't know that I would have had the same response. be like, well, what do you mean? Go back (laughs) and get another job, make it what you're making. We got to keep this money flowing in. So yeah, yeah the, the truth is it's all it's all about a powerful conversation, with my wife and and just getting aligned on what this is what I'm going to do and and why. and it also helped that when I decided to do this, I had already started the business, so it was it was a side hustle that went full time quite quickly, but I had a I had a few proof points. It's not like one day I'm like, I'm out of here. I don't know what i'm gonna do right i i was already I was already churning out a couple clients and It certainly wasn't enough to pay the bills, but I was, I was on the path already.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's what, that's one thing I would say to, um, to everyone listening is you don't have to just quit full boat and go full into it immediately. A lot of people that I coach that like are, that working like places like Facebook and they want to do a side hustle, they do them both. Yeah. The, and then, at some point, your business becomes big enough where you do need to go out and do it yourself. I do believe at some point you have to work only in your business, but there's no shame in like doing the side hustle stuff. you know like there, there seems to be this culture like if you're really committed, you'll just do it. I'm like, that's not realistic for a lot of people.
1: It's I, thank you for saying that. I think it's one hundred percent true. I mean, um i i th- I think it's easy for people looking outside. they might see that somebody went from Facebook to this company and they're like, whoa, how but really, most people are if they are transitioning from one thing to the other, there was a time where they were doing two things. And like, that's how, that's how all of my businesses were. You know, I was, I was running studios as I was renting space, far enough away that it was allowed, but I also like building my own business. And then, and then I uh, figured out how many clients I had to have to make the switch. And then we made that leap. And that was uh, sitting down and like being really conscious about like how many people is that? So I could make that switch. And it's difficult and we didn't have kids. So it was a lot easier. I could overwork a little bit for a short period of time, um, to make that happen. And then when I want to transition again, you know, we did the, the, the bridge again. And the only time yeah. it was like rip, <clears throat> let the boat, you know, burn the boats or whatever was because of COVID. <laughs> it was like, Oh, yes. well we're, we're going to have to close that studio and this, and this, cause it's not reopening anytime soon.
0: No. <laughs> state mandated. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Closing. Yeah. I know. I think it's, I mean, and if you're listening to this, I lived in California, so the gyms didn't open for 13 months. So it was, you know, right. I was just like, this is not, I could see the right on the wall. Like they're, they're not reopening me any, anytime soon. So, so I, I think, thank you for sharing that. Cause I do believe a lot of people think I have to have it all together and I have to go all in. And it's like, I just believe that there's like, tr- there's a trial period. There's a trying something on there's like figuring it out. And like, and then knowing that you have, a little bit and then you have to get uncomfortable. So can we talk about that? Like there yeah. is it still uncomfortable in your business, or now you're three and a half years in, like it feels a little less uncomfortable. Like what was that like going, you know, that getting comfortable with uncomfortability?
0: Yeah. So it's it's still uncomfortable because I'm still my business is morphing is the word I'll use. Or it's becoming more aligned to what I actually want to do with all day. Mm-hmm. Every day. It's kind of like I don't know how it, it's kind of even like my podcast, I'm at almost a hundred episodes. It's a little different than it was a hundred episodes ago. And then, yeah. So that is um to me, that's a fun uncomfortable. I actually I'm actually one of those people I kind of like being uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's fun to because for me, uncomfortable means that I'm a little bit in the unknown, which means there's something super creative and innovative, which is like where I do my best work. Yeah. But yeah, um, after spending 20 years with a paycheck every two weeks and a bunch of operational people and benefits and stock options and 401k's and all that and then to suddenly be like oh wait if i want to make any money and be successful it's on me today like yeah that's still uncomfortable i'm still going to use that i'm we call that like a i call that a corporate context i'm still breaking it up yeah cuz there's days where i'm like man i just wish i'd have somebody that would just tell me what to do today or like send me 20 clients and like no so the uncomfortable part is um and the exciting part is what's next who's my next client? So for me like I don't know who my next client might be. Right. I might get somebody to hit my website today which might be the client that hires me at my highest rate which refers me to 10 clients which creates the business of my dreams or that might not happen for a year and that that's the uncomfortable thing cuz my automatic place that I like to go is I like to know how's it going to go cuz I'm a, I was in sales so your husband would probably like yeah. sales is all about predictability. Right. Oh like hey quarter after quarter how am I going to build this pipeline and I just don't it's just not a thing in this, in my business. So that part is uncomfortable for
1: me. Well, and also I'm reading, um, Joe Dispenza's book, um, who knows what it's called actually. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not obviously not reading it. It's on audible. So I just hit play anyways. It's about getting out of your own way. Someone will tell me on Instagram and go shame on you for not knowing he's brilliant. He is brilliant. It's amazing. But he talks about like how we all want cause and effect. We're all living in this like Newtonian thing, which is like this happens and this happens. But when we start to actually understand that we are causing an effect, that is like It's like you're unstoppable. It's this crazy thing, and um, and it's true because I because I was in corporate, I was in fitness corporate, which is nice. Like they put budgets out, (laughs) I have to meet them, you know. And like I led a team, and I there I had vacations and four hundred one ks and amazing health insurance. I don't have anymore. I have something (laughs) that they that they let a self employed person buy, but there that is all that that is there is something about that. And I on a bad day, I'll go gosh you know, what am I doing? And then I'll go, and then I can look back at like the promotions I didn't take. And I can look to the friends that are still there and I can go, you know, that it, I'm not that person. And that's, yeah. um, I think to, to, to go back would be denying that I'm like, I I am someone who has to keep creating and I have to, as much as I hate it, I, I clearly love being in the unknown because I spend so much time there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, just yeah, I I heard um just a quick anecdote on this. I don't know if you had, you saw what happened to Peloton last week. But Tell they me. well, Peloton had was one of the best performing stocks in during, you know, kind of the height of COVID. They released their quarterly earnings last week. They were not good. Their stock dropped 35% and they went on a hiring freeze, I saw, as of today. Wow. So so like, and I say this to people that are in corporate that that it's, it might be more secure, but it's not that much more secure. You're still at the women' mercy of, of, you know, one bad quarter and they drop 35%. And all those, I'm, I'm assuming all those employees hold stock options. There goes 30, you know, 35% of your wealth and stock options down.
1: Well, 100%. Right well, cause that's, it's it. You're either like you and I, we work for ourselves. So like I am at the mercy of making sure my messaging is good enough that people buy it but those corporations are at the mercy of those investors and those stockholders and people. And so like wherever, however you slice it, there are people you answer to and there is difficulties and there is scary times. But like, I think, you know, if you were to look back, I don't know, I don't answer for you, but I, if I, when I look back, Mm -hmm. I, I would be struggling right now to work for someone doing something and not doing what I'm doing right now, because what I'm doing right now is like literally what's inside of me, what like comes to my mind, what keeps me up at night, what me, and I can take action on that. I I'm actually, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. And I think that, that yeah. that's what it is. So I, I don't know. I think it's hard to be uncomfortable, but I don't know that it was yeah. much more comfortable on the other side. It was just like, there was a paycheck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, you know, As a salesperson, it sounds like all the things you're doing, there's a lot of uncomfortable meetings you go to where you tell your boss, oh, we're bringing in this million dollar deal. And then the the customer's like, yeah, we're not doing it. And then you have to have a like, that's not comfortable either.
1: Right, right. I think we're just, well, I think the grass looks greener on the other side and we think that it's all there. But the reality is, is that like, you know, putting one footstep in front of the other without knowing what it's gonna be is like the way you get anywhere, you know? So-
0: I'm, I'm with you. You and I are you and I are on the same page for sure, Leslie.
1: Yeah, well, Jason, this has been really fun. Uh, I know that you have some awesome opportunities for people to talk to you about. So we're gonna do sure. a quick break and come right back to hear about that. Hey love, my Full Body in 15 program starts really soon. It is free for now. It is a $347 value, I know. Yep, that's right. It's a three-part program that's gonna be taken over the course of a week. And when you snag your spot at onlineplatesclasses.com slash full body in 15, that's onlineplatesclasses.com slash full body in one five, put your name on the list, get in. We're going to have so much fun. You're going to walk away with a 15 minute workout that will work your full body wherever you are, whenever you want. All right, Jason, how do people get to know you, get to work with you, find out how to get leadership coaching with you? Cause it sounds like you're doing some really cool stuff with all of these companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Leslie yeah um best place to start is just my website. It's just my name, so it's jason Frizzell, f r a z e l dot com. And from there, uh, you can also connect with me on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And I do want to put in a plug that and I mentioned earlier, I'm a podcaster as well. And if anybody here is listening who is interested in coming on my podcast next year, it's called Talking to Cool People. You can check it, it out. I, it was actually it's a we'll talk about it on my podcast how the name came about it, it was pretty funny. Um, and so you can connect with me there and listen to some of my episodes. I, I talk with all sorts of interesting people from let's just very diverse set of individuals that I've talked to over the last couple of years. So yeah, um, with me on all the social, I'm the only person on social with my name. I believe that's a pretty unique name. It's a pretty unique name. Yeah. And, um, and then my website, and I I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you and seeing how I can support everybody out there.
1: Yeah. Well, our listeners will be very excited. Y'all, he does talk to cool people. He interviewed Benjamin Dagenhart. And our listeners are, many of them are big fans of his. So um, y'all can go. I know
0: Benjamin. So yes, that's awesome.
1: But so, it's so crazy. Such a small world. It's so small. Um, He's, he's amazing. I, I, um, we used to pre COVID run into each other all over the world because of imagine. So like we would be at the same event and it's like, I would never see him in our home cities, but we'd see each other in other people's cities, which is so fun. Okay. So I ask everyone, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps to prioritizing yourself. How do you be it till you see it? What tips do you you got for us?
0: Yeah. Be it till you see it. So first things first, um, this is very tactical. For those who are... um, And I think this applies to um, salespeople working for others. This applies to entrepreneurs. Put in your calendar, block out your calendar like you had customers there or you had clients there. So for new salespeople, I coach a lot of salespeople. When you start out, there's like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of things to learn and do. Like block out your calendar like you had those appointments already. And then use that time to prospect. Use that time to get, as your as Brad said, use that time to get some no's and hopefully some yeses. Yeah. If for an entrepreneur, like you're um, I don't know, like let's say you're a new personal trainer and you've got three clients and you've got, you know, 20 hours of your week not ready, book it up and then figure out what you're going to use that time for to either improve yourself, go find clients. So I think there's some energy that gets put out when you do that. There's some things that like, that's like, I'm um, not going to say manifesting, but you're actually telling, you're actually telling the universe or spirit or God or whatever you believe, Hey, there's some stuff that I'm going to be doing here. And it also trains you to get used to what the schedule is going to be like. Yeah. So for example, some coaches like I want 30 clients a week. And I'm like, do you?
1: <laughs> I know. I get that a lot when we coach full instructors. I'm like, I think I want to teach 30 hours a week. I'm like, you do? You want to you're teach like, 30
0: hours a week? You're like, have you ever taught 30 hours a week? And they're like, Nope. You're like, I could tell.
1: Yeah. Let me so, just tell you, you don't. That's a lot right, of human I, I,
0: beings. <laughs> it's a lot of human beings. And it's uh like you won't get to eat, probably. Yeah. Um, so that's first thing. The second thing is, and I uh I think it was um President Obama who once said this is I think he said this in one of his books. And I and if I misquoted it, it's
1: all right. It's okay. They're already coming. I think he on said, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's you know, like, yeah, exactly. He said, like, act as if. I think it was him. It's Mm -hmm. one of the things because people were. I think, if I'm not mistaken, somebody had asked him when he was a junior senator in Illinois, "How did you ascend to become the president?" Is like almost unheard of in that way. He's like, "I just had to go into rooms and act as if, act as if I was the president, act as as if I was a senior member of, of the Senate, act as if um, I belonged in the room." So when I say that, I don't mean it from like an imposter's way or like trying to, you know, alpha it or become the dominant person. It's like just go in and like act like you own it. Yeah. Cause most the secret that I love to say, and I don't know if, if, if you feel this way, but I really do Is most people don't know what they're talking about or doing most of the time anyway. No, no. like they have their, they have, <laughs> they have training, you know, like all these, all these experts and gurus out there. I'm like, these people don't know anything more than you and I do. They just have good shiny sales and marketing. And, um, yeah. You're if you just 100% like find-
1: correct on that. I remember, I, yeah. the, I mean, the, the
0: fitness industry is full of people like this, right?
1: Oh, 100. I'll be in the the rooms and I'll be like, oh my God. And I hear, I'm like, I've, I've been trained by people, bigger deals. Right. Than you." Like I've been like, oh, it's just that they acted as if they put themselves out there. They took the risk. So, you know, I mean, like, I think we tend to put people up on pedestals who are actually our equals and if you met them and actually talked to them, they would see you as an equal as well. Like you they we're, would. we're yeah. putting them up there when they're like, Hey, I'm just right over here with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just right over here with you. And I just, but the thing I think that, um, that a lot of those people do, and you know, some of, I do think there's some snake oil stuff out there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good people who are, have this kind of, the, you know, like same place, what they are willing to do, those get uncomfortable and share themselves in this kind of like, they're willing to show up yeah, even when, the, even when they're not ready. And I think that's one of the things that holds back a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, especially personal brand spaces. Being willing to show up and, and speak your truth and, and let the world know who you are without it having to be perfect. Because to me, there's no such thing as perfect.
1: Yep, goodness. I mean, that's a mantra around here. Perfect is boring. Do it messy. Um, Jason. That's, a, that's a.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a um, mantra at brand builders too. It's like we're not going to do it perfectly, but like we're going to do it. We're going to get out there and we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, because one of my uh, favorite people on this planet, Jill Coleman says, perfect is the um, like the the thing keeping you from being consistent, like totally, you know, and so and honestly, most of the people doing things that you're like, gosh, someday when I'm ready, they weren't ready. They weren't perfect. They just were consistently showing up. And so, Yeah. Well, Jason, thank you for being here. Thanks for being on the Be It Till You See It podcast. I can't wait to be on Talking to Cool People. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, Leslie, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here with everybody.
1: Oh, you're amazing. This is a great conversation. And everyone, please screenshot this. Tag Jason Frizzell. Tag Be It Pot. Let us know your takeaways. Let us know how you're going to act as if and how you're going to use these Be It tips. And uh, until next time, Be It Till You See It. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mundal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Prodroso, for editing all the video each week that so you can. And
0: to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time.